A woman is angry about her dead husband's body being dissected in front of spectators. A man ran away from bees only to be eaten by piranhas. And a high school had to apologize for its football team's 106 to nothing victory last week. These are the weird stories for Thursday on Weird AF News, the only daily weird news podcast hosted inside a closet, baby. Oh, yeah. And I'm not wearing a shirt. A widow claims that she never agreed to having her husband's dead body dissected in front of spectators. And I have a lot of questions. A widow in Louisiana said she never gave permission for her husband's body to be used in a ticketed event that was called an autopsy show. I had no idea there were autopsy shows. This is stranger than the donkey shows. This took place in Oregon. And the event is described as a dissection of a full human cadaver where spectators can pay between $100 and $500 to watch someone's remains undergo a formal autopsy. Unfortunately, this person's remains was this woman's husband, and she didn't give permission. Elsie Saunders is her name. She's very upset. I got a quote from Elsie. It's horrible what has happened to my husband, David. I agreed to donate his body for research, research only. I had no idea that would involve a spectator event with individuals paying up to $500 to see my husband dissected. I didn't, I didn't know he was going to be put on display like a performing bear or something. I, I only consented to body donations for scientific purposes. That's the way my husband wanted it, to say the least. Um, I'm upset. Oh, poor Elsie. She's 92 years old of Baker, Louisiana. Her husband died of complications of COVID. And uh, Baker was hit very hard by COVID, as you know. And Baker's been hit very hard for a long time because it's just part of Louisiana. And that's just a tough thing. A representative with the funeral home declined declined a comment. Uh, Further research shows that the company behind all of this is called Death Science. They're a... Uh, a promotion company. Their show was October 17th in Portland, Oregon. That was the show that showcased David Saunders' body as part of an of an event in their Oddities and Curiosities Expo. David's body was displayed and dissected in the ballroom of a Portland Marriott hotel with members of the paying audience sitting inches from the autopsy table. <laughs> this is crazy. I have no idea that they were doing this in the world. Death Science, that's the name of the company. They describe themselves as an educational company specializing in the promotion of in-person and online courses, events, and seminars related to death science for the general public and industry professionals. Uh, their, their workshop on October 17th had participants observing an anatomical dissection of a full human cadaver. Yeah, David's body. Death Science's medical professional partners guided participants through a formal Autopsy. Spectators paid between 100 to $500, and about 70 people attended, according to the spokesperson. And I'll bet if you paid $1,000, they let you cut off a toe or something, I'd imagine. In, uh, something like Probably not. I don't know. Uh, I got some questions here about how does this happen? Because if you have agreed to donate your body to science, that's one thing. But then to have your body cut open in front of a bunch of people while your spouse is still alive, that is crazy. 
or you, even your family for that member. What does the family think of this? Grandpa being cut up in a Marriott ballroom. That's just not very dignified. There's got to be something that you signed, lady. Like, this just doesn't happen. They don't just snag bodies that you've agreed to donate to science and then bring them to a live event. <laughs> like, they just don't do that, I'd imagine. This is the United States, man. There's so many legalities involved with cutting up a dead body in front of people. I'd imagine that something, something is amiss here. I mean, this, if you said this was Thailand, yeah, sure, okay. They snag a body, cut it up, who cares? <laughs> not, not Thailand, but you know what I'm saying. Some place like where they don't, they're not on top of shit. Thailand's probably on top of shit. I don't even know. I'm stupid. You get what I'm saying, though. This is the United States, man. You can't even do this with a pet. Never mind a human body. (laughs) Come on. Well, frog, I want a cordon heated right. Crambo. A man was eaten by piranhas after jumping into a lake to escape bees. And uh, <laughs> I can't, no. I mean, this title of the story, come on. How does this happen to a person? Uh, if you guys think you've had a bad day, this guy was eaten by piranhas after jumping into a lake to escape the bees. <laughs> Where the hell did this happen? A man has reportedly died. In, oh, in Brazil. Yes. That's where there's piranhas. He jumped into a lake to escape some bees. It's horrible. You... You're running from bees. You know what to do. Right? You jump into water. Everybody says that. Just jump into the water. You think you're getting away from bees. Oh, no. Guess what's in the water? Piranhas gnawing at your genitalia and your face. So he jumps into the lake to escape the bees, only to be eaten by piranhas and drown. They're not sure which happened first. A firefighter came to the rescue, says that the carnivorous fish has severely disfigured this man's face and other parts of his body. The body was found four meters meters from the shore. It says it's not known if the attack came before or after the man's death. The man's friends also jumped into the water to get away from the bees, but were able to swim to safety. Oh, they left their poor buddy there to... But piranha. Where the hell? 30 piranha species in the world live in South America's Amazon River Basin. I've been to the Amazon. Thank God I didn't go swimming in a lake. I was in a body of water, but I was in a boat. It's a very cool boat, by the way. Uh, now, it says here that fatal attacks on humans by piranhas are relatively relatively rare. I don't even think we know the data fully because they're located in the Amazon where shit happens and no one knows about it. So you think that it's rare? It's probably not rare. It's just that social media doesn't reach you know, the communities that are getting <laughs> decimated by piranhas because they're in the Amazon River Basin. So let's not jump to conclusions that piranha attacks are rare. We don't know. Okay, Google search on piranhas killing humans. Let's find out the real deal. In 2011, a series of attacks left 100 people injured. In 2012, a young girl died after her canoe capsized in the Amazon and she was eaten by piranhas. In 2013, a massive piranha attack left 70 people injured in Argentina. In 2016, piranhas injured over 50 people in Brazil. Yet among all these horror stories, many people bathe unscathed in the waters of South America, it says here. 
In fact, in 2007, someone named Martin claimed to have swum the entire length of the Amazon River, which is 5,268 kilometers from Peru to Brazil. What the hell? Who is this amazing man? Oh, there's a photo of him here. Martin Strell swimming the length of the Amazon. Wow, we're learning a lot today, guys, in this Piranha article. He swam the whole thing and wasn't eaten by Piranha. How does that happen? He wasn't hit by a spear. By any... <laughs> this is... Uh... Lastly, I'll just tell you that piranhas are omnivores, and they're pretty shy. They usually eat small fish and even seeds, nuts, fruits, and seaweed. Even the most carnivorous species of piranha, the red-bellied piranha, they scavenge rather than attack their prey and risk injury to themselves. They are the vultures of the fresh water, they say. And then it says... Another myth is that they travel in shoals in order to atta attack as a group. In reality, this is to protect themselves from predators. They don't attack this way. Hey, guys, you know, they're very low down on the food chain, apparently. <laughs> I had no idea. I just thought they were eating people all the time. Apparently, not so much. A high school football team had to apologize for beating down their opponent 106 to nothing. That's right, 106 to nothing. That is an outrageous score in American football. Do you know anything about American football? This is crazy. It's the, the soccer or football equivalent of scoring 34 goals to nothing, I would say, something like that. Maybe not, maybe, maybe more like 25 goals to nothing, but something like that. I don't know how many of you uh, follow American football. Uh, I don't follow high school football, which is where this particular game took place, and it was near me. It's a California high school out here in Inglewood. They apologized after their football team won 106 to nothing last week. The blowout drew criticism from the opposing school and a state sports federation for lack of sportsmanship. Inglewood High School principal Debbie issued a statement on Monday this week apologizing to Morningside High School, saying that the administration will work to ensure the school's football program conducts itself with the highest level of sportsmanship and integrity going forward. Uh, she says, we did not conduct ourselves with sportsmanship and integrity, and the final score was unacceptable. I offer my apologies to the high school football program and the larger school community. The apology comes after Morningside coach Brian Collins told the LA Times that Englewood refused to allow what's called a running clock, even as the team was up nearly 60 to nothing after the first quarter. The first quarter is 59 to nothing. That's insane. <laughs> How do you score that many points in the first quarter? This is crazy. I mean, it's almost as though the other team doesn't belong playing this sport. Was a volleyball team on the field instead of a football team that you played? I don't understand how this can happen in one quarter. I just can't. It says here the Englewood coach also refused a part of the mercy rule, which allows the game to be shortened by mutual agreement if it's out of control. This coach apparently was like, no, nah, no, nah, I want to. <laughs> dig my heel deeper into your neck <laughs> why i'll tell you why because this this coach has a small penis that's why that's what you get when you get a coach with a small penis they do stuff like this <laughs> you don't believe me let's google it we'll google the coach's penis right now okay what's his name oh got it right here mill von james penis size oh we're looking at oh this guy's got a, a 2.1 inches yeah this is, explains it all right here <laughs> just kidding guys i didn't Google a high school coach's penis size. What do you... Come on now. What, this is weird AF news. What are you talking about? 
I did, I did, but nothing came up. Now, I guess the overall question is, is it okay to do this? It's not. It's not okay. For you to not agree to a mercy when you are clearly mercying somebody, that just tells me that you're in for the humiliation. That's what you're all about. And you probably left your starters in as well. Uh, Now, I follow professional sports quite a bit, uh, football in particular. And most coaches will kind of take their foot off the gas when the game is completely out of control. They do that by very, in various ways, such as putting in your backups, taking out your starters, giving them a rest. You know, putting in players that ordinarily don't get any playing time is beneficial in many instances uh, when the score is up like that because you get them some experience and you get to sh- sort of like, you know, give it a break for the other team and, you know, let them know. It's very respectful, in my opinion, and very professional. It shows a good sportsmanship. Now, of course, there are coaches in the NFL that don't always do this. Sean McVay, for one, will run up the score. He'll leave his starters in till the very end. He just guy, just guy does not care at all. Bill Belichick, my hero and my god in life, he will run up the score on teams that he has a personal dislike for, such as the New York Jets. So in those instances, he will do that. But in general, he will not because it's it's kind of stupid. Uh, let's say you have a superstar in the game late, and you're up big, and then your superstar gets injured. And you're like, wow, didn't, he didn't even need to be in there. And he got hurt. And it's just, it, it's kind of foolish from a tactical standpoint for your team as well. So that's my take on that. And uh, I think it's pretty good. I know what I'm talking about when it comes to uh, sports, for the most part. Well, hello, everybody. You've reached the outro. <laughs> this is where we do our due diligence and give thanks and praise. <laughs> I'm doing so from a yacht. <laughs> what about you? All right. Hey, where are we? Okay. Yeah, giving thanks. I got some uh, Halloween photos from people like Connie. Connie sent me some photos. Appreciate you, Connie, as always. Connie's a huge fan of the show. And Rebecca. Rebecca Hess sent me photos of her her little boy wearing an amazing costume. It's the, Her little boy is a jar of peanut butter. <laughs> Super cool costume, man. I think it's, I think Rebecca made it, actually. Uh, very cool. I also got an email from uh, Emily Roncancio. Roncancio? Roncancio. Roncancio. I don't know if it's Italian. Uh, it says here, you are amazing, Jonesy. The best part of my daily briefing. Also the only part, but whatever. Hope you don't get bored of this anytime soon because your points of view and accents keep me going. Love, Emily Roncancio. So shout out to Emily. You guys can email me stuff like this. I love it. She sent me an article as well, which is hilarious. I appreciate that. Uh, it's funnyjones at gmail.com. Pretty easy, guys. Or uh, go to weirdafnews.com and you can click on submit an article, this kind of thing. Uh, what else was I going to say? Uh... Oh, tomorrow's Friday. Tomorrow's Friday. Yeah, that's right. So send me some Florida stories, guys. We're doing Florida Friday as we always do each week. Every Friday, only stories out of Florida. If you're new to the podcast, that's how we do it. So buckle up, baby. Tomorrow's going to be just degenerate story after degenerate story, but it's stories, but it's going to make you feel good about yourself because you don't live that way, I assume. Maybe you do. I don't know. Are you in Florida? I mean, <laughs> something's in the water. 
Okay, what else? Yeah, join the Patreon. Please join the Patreon, or at least check it out. You can be like Leslie Higgins. Leslie Higgins joined the Patreon. Ooh, Leslie Higgins in house joins my Patreon. Because Leslie gives a shit. Monster loving. Gonna support that show, baby. Leslie Higgins giving me the love. Joining on the Patreon. Oh, girl, yeah, that's how you do it. Join that Patreon, baby. When the lights are down low, yeah, you go on that Patreon. <laughs> All right, clearly I'm out of my mind and over-caffeinated. Who cares? This is what you get. This was this is what the Patreon's all about, keeping me caffeinated like you like it. Um, so people like Leslie supporting the show are you know, very necessary, and I'm grateful. Uh, please enjoy the extra content that's inside that Patreon, Leslie. Extra content, Jonesy? Yeah, there's extra content in there, extra weird stuff I put in there. It's, crazy cool stuff. Sometimes it's just videos of me ranting to camera. So if you want to see what I look like and how I talk, what I look like when I talk, wow, I make no sense right now. Okay, cool. Anyways, the Patreon's the place to go for that. Patreon.com slash weirdafnews. Support the show. It's a five-day-a-week production inside a closet. Come on, what are you thinking? Do it. Um, You can join the Patreon by going to weirdafnews.com and clicking on the banner as well, or download the Patreon app. I will see you tomorrow. I mean, you will hear me tomorrow. Florida Friday. Send me articles. You can do so via email or uh, go to the Instagram and you can uh, DM me the link. I got some phone calls, by the way. Let's publish some phone calls after this. Maybe you'll like that. 